Good evening. This is Ryan Underwood in the studio for Africa Christian Action on Salt and Light on Radio Tigerberg. Tonight, we have the privilege of welcoming back to the studio Dr. Philip Stott. Dr. Philip Stott is a creation scientist, engineer, author, and public speaker. Good evening, Dr. Stott. Good evening, Ryan. Thank you for being available again this week. Last week, we discussed your testimony. We heard your testimony, as well as your experience in Russia, teaching the truth of creation science. Today, we will answer some questions and deal with some issues that people are often asking about creation science. To begin, we have a question about theistic evolution. Many Christians believe in evolution and think that God created through evolution. You refer to them as theistic evolutionists. What would you say to challenge those who believe that God created the world through the process of evolution? Well, they always say they're Christians, but the reason why they have to go for theistic evolution is because they have been brainwashed that evolution is true, and they've been brainwashed that the thousands of millions of years which evolution would need to happen are also true. Now, Jesus said, if you do not believe Moses, you will not believe me. Now, Moses said, in six days, God created the heavens and earth and everything in them. Now, a theistic evolutionist, so convinced of all these millions of years, will say something like, oh, but those days may have been actually vast geological eras and where it says and God formed man out of the dust of the earth and breathed into him the breath of life they say oh well that dust of the earth may have been material which was organic and it had been evolving for many many years and it was now almost a man and then God breathed the breath of life in it and it became man. It's very difficult to persuade an evolutionist that the things which show evolution are totally invalid, like, for example, the chemistry. It's impossible to to get life evolving from simple chemicals. And the evolutionists have actually come to this conclusion too. They've more or less given up trying to uh, to get life from non-life because the chemistry just doesn't work. But the, the theistic evolutionist can say, oh, but God did it. Now, the, the real problem 
with theistic evolution is that it relies on all these millions of years which the atheists tell us about. Now, those millions of years are all a fiction. They were invented by a lawyer called Charles Lyle using a phony piece of pseudoscience called the uniformity principle, which claims that everything we see happening today is what happened in the past. Nothing happened in the past except the th processes we see going on now. And they never happened with degrees of energy from which they now exert. And so when you look at all the sedimentary rocks and say, well, today we find rocks being laid down at three millimetres a century. I don't know where Lyle got that figure from, but he used it to argue for his millions of years. Then it must have taken millions of years to get all these rocks. Well, that story is completely wrong because it denies the flood. Almost all those rocks were laid down very quickly in a one-year flood. And the evidence is there very clearly. And there is a law of science, the fundamental law of science, the most fundamental law. It is the law of science which has never been really seriously challenged, and that is the second law of thermodynamics, which says that entropy never decreases, it always increases. Well, entropy is effectively disorder. Disorder always increases, and uh, that includes things like information. Information is ordered code. The information you have, for example, on a piece of paper, that is, uh, that is code for the meaning of what you write. Now, the second law of thermodynamics guarantees that every time you copy that information, it will not get better. It can only get worse. So if you make a photocopy and then a photocopy of that and then a photocopy of that, it doesn't take very long before the information is no longer readable. Now, life is like that. It has an enormous library of information in every cell. That library is called DNA, and the information there is equivalent to many copies of the full um, Encyclopedia Britannica. It's a huge amount of information. And whenever this information needs to be copied, there is the chance of mistakes. Now, the body has mechanisms for correcting mistakes. It has a copy of the father's genes, a copy of the mother's genes, and it can compare, if there is a fault in one, it can compare and reconstruct what it should be from the other copy. But 
as time goes on and more and more information gets distorted, it gets spoiled, the time comes when it can't f fix the copy because both the father's and the mother's information is, um, is messed up. Now, when God created Adam and Eve, they were perfect. They didn't have any genetic mistakes. So their children could intermarry with no problem because there weren't any genetic mistakes. But as time goes on, those mistakes start to appear. By the time we get to Moses, God has to restrict marriage to people who are not closely related. And Moses warns you may not marry anyone in any close relation. Now, since Moses, there has been constant deterioration and there is a problem with marrying anyone in your family, even distant relations. It's now becoming dangerous to marry because there are more and more genetic mutations which are always damaged and the further away you go from your family, the less likely that the father and mother will have a mutation in the same place in the genetic code. Now, life is very complex and it, re it relies on information being correct. When there is too much corruption in the information, then the body can no longer produce proteins as they should be. It can no longer put those proteins together as they should be and life becomes impossible. Now, it has been uh, shown in several countries that infertility is increasing at one and a half percent per year. There are now infertility conferences every year because there is so much infertility, people are really worried about it. And I have uh, read the proceedings of fertility conferences which, which have come to the conclusion that about a quarter of the world's population is already infertile. And if that's going up at 1.5% per year, then you've got a problem. Life is a short-term phenomenon and the biologists themselves are now saying, well, look, if life were millions of years old, it should have become extinct long ago. But it isn't millions of years ago. Life cannot last for millions of years before the genetic code becomes so corrupted that it's not usable. About 400 deleterious mutations are getting fixed in, um, in each generation. That's according to some very uh, credible research going on. Now, you cannot go back very many thousands of years with 
this rate of infertility, which is based on this rate of mutation. The Bible says the earth was created just about 6,000 or a little more years ago, and that is feasible. The length of time that life could go on, it is, it's certainly within 6,000 years. But at the rate we are becoming infertile now, it could not have gone on for anything like one million years, never mind for many million years of years. So theistic evolution falls apart just on the fundamental law of science the first law of thermodynamics, second law of thermodynamics. Now, it's not just life that's wearing out. The Bible tells us that the earth will grow old like a garment and will be changed. And we see this happening all around us. We see, for example, the ozone layer, which protects us from radiation. It's gradually wearing out. Now, the atheists who believe evolution, which says everything gets better and better. It starts off as just dust and it ends up as man. It just gets better and better. Well, on their story, hey, something must have gone wrong. And man must have done this damage. But the second law of thermodynamics tells you it's nothing to do with man. It's to do with time. The earth is wearing out like a garment, it's growing old, and the time will come when it will have to be changed. There will have to be a new heaven and a new earth, because the old one will have worn out. So theistic evolution can't, can't get over that. And if you can't have all these millions of years, then why not believe what Moses says? Jesus said if you don't believe what Moses says, you won't believe him. Now, Moses spent 40 days and 40 nights face to face with God, talking as a friend to a friend, and he did that twice. And then he spent quite a bit of time talking face to face as a friend to a friend in the tabernacle. And God told him to write down everything he said. And so, the books of Moses, we can rely on their authority. They're God's own eyewitness testimony written down by the man he chose to talk to face to face and told him to write down what he wrote. So, I'm afraid theistic evolution, it just doesn't have a leg to stand on. It's totally false. A timely reminder, Dr. Stott that all things are gradually deteriorating and going towards death. The one exception to that in the whole universe is the church. The church, insofar as it sets its eyes on things above, insofar as it is animated by the Holy Spirit, bucks that trend and is going higher and higher towards the fulfillment of the Great Commission and the uh, attainment of everlasting glory. Amen. With God. 
much of what is called science today would not have been recognized as science in centuries past. Why is so much of what passes for science today so hostile to faith and scientific evidence? Well, science was put forward by uh, Francis Bacon in 1620, and his reason for putting it forward was nature carries the stamp of the creator, whereas man's wisdom carries the stamp of his own folly. Now, he put forward the scientific method, and the scientific method is based entirely on observation of the creator's creation, careful measurement of the creator's creation, because the creator's creation is God's handiwork, and he reveals himself, he reveals his power in his creation. Now, we are told that in the Bible. Before Francis Bacon put forward the scientific method, what was called science was dependent on man's reason. People would make observations, they might make measurements, and they might put forward hypotheses, but they did not test them and see if they were true. They did not test their theories, their hypotheses, against the reality of nature. If it seemed good to them, well, they believed it. And so we had Aristotle's physics, which seemed very reasonable, being taught for 2,000 years. And then when Bacon came along and uh, introduced the scientific method, people started doing the experiments which really are the heart of science, and they soon found that Aristotle's physics, reasonable though it seemed, was totally wrong. Now, the scientific method assumes the creator's creation is there. It does not have anything to do with trying to figure out how the creation came into being. The creator created it, and that's the end of the story. But when atheists saw that this Christian discipline of science actually worked, and they saw it found out wonderful things, which enabled uh, the scientists to make useful inventions, they moved in, they muscled in and took over, even though on their worldview there was no reason to suspect that science should work. Why, there should, why should there be laws in nature for scientists to find out if there was no lawgiver? If things just happened by chance? If there was just an explosion from nothing which made everything? Why would one expect such a creation to follow laws? Well, the atheists had no reason for believing that science would work, but they took it over anyway. And because they refused to believe in a creator, now the question, how did things come about, becomes important to them. 
if there was no creator, then originally there was nothing, and the creation must have created itself from nothing. How could that happen? So they have to come up with some kind of theory about how matter came into being, how the earth came into being, how life came into being, and so they are more or less forced to accept something like the Big Bang Theory, and they're more or less forced to accept a theory of evolution. Now, everybody can see that evolution isn't happening before our eyes. So it must happen very, very slowly if it happens at all. And so you've got to have very long period of time for it to happen. So you've got to believe in millions of years, you've got to believe in some kind of accidental creation like a Big Bang, you have to believe in um, a very great deal of time for evolution to go on in, and you're stuck with it. Because if you cannot show that these things could happen, then your science is hanging on nothing, it has no foundation. Now, to start with, they were very confident of their atheist theories. Darwin had put forward atheism, um, he had put forward evolution, and he'd made a reasonable case for it, given the total ignorance of anything to do with genetics of those days. It was possible to reason that, well, it might have happened by chance. And when Charles Lyell put forward his millions of years, it was uh, very tempting to believe this because that made evolution possible. And uh, as more and more knowledge was found, these things became less and less believable. The chemistry of the origin of life is so particular it is so um, specific that all attempts to make it happen by chance have shown there is no chance at all it could have happened by chance. It has to be put together guided by intelligence. There is no other way. And all these millions of years have been shown to be false anyway, they're all wishful thinking and false reasoning by Charles Lyell. And along with the second law of thermodynamics, which shows that everything has a short lifetime, not a long lifetime, the whole idea has become untenable. The theories have all been totally disproved. The Big Bang Theory... It was tenable for a while, while there wasn't a great deal of knowledge about things like redshifts and, um, and other things about the universe. But with what we know, it's not tenable. And the same with evolution. It is simply not tenable. There are people offering rewards of... $10 million for anyone to show how evolution could even be possible theoretically. Never mind showing that you can do it, but showing it could be possible theoretically. And nobody can win that money. 
because it's impossible. You cannot show that e that uh, life could happen by itself. So the scientific establishment is having to maintain these things even though they're di disproved. And they have had to produce what's called the best in the field dictum, which says that a theory may not be abandoned until there is an acceptable theory, that is acceptable to them, so it has to be materialistic, to replace it. So they know that they're carry on, carrying on with theories they know to be wrong, but until a theory they approve of is there to replace it, they cannot say it's false. Thank you, Dr. Stott. A brilliant point. Evolution is impossible and illogical as well. It contradicts reason, it contradicts what the Bible says about the creation of the world, and it is horrible that such things are being taught in schools and universities and so many places today. There's so much work that we can do to to expel these errors from our society and to bring the truth of God's word to bear on the hearts of our nations. Where can we learn more of real science? Well, there is a great deal of very useful information on, uh, on the World Wide Web. The internet is full of very good information showing that the theories of secular science cannot be true and the only answer is creation. Now, I personally have got a YouTube channel which um, puts forward some things which other creationists are not saying, particularly as far as astronomy goes, most creationists are afraid of the Bible's astronomy because they're afraid that if they promote these things, they will be considered fools and flat earthers. So I'm one of the very few who is putting forward the truth of the Bible as far as astronomy goes. But on the other things like uh, evolution and time, there are many very good uh, websites and um, there is mine, which I put forward. I try and deal with every attack that has been made by science on, um, on the Bible and that is at Creation Science with Philip Stott web, um, YouTube channel and also, there is my material on Reformation Christian Ministries website on the creation, uh, on the science um, the, and creation page. There are so many questions regarding creation science, which we could not touch on today because of our limited time. But we highly encourage all listeners to go to those resources that Dr. Stott recommended to study this important subject and be prepared to fight the spiritual battle that we face today. And how can listeners get in touch with you 
they have any questions. Well, if they have questions on creation science, probably the best way is to join the discussion on my YouTube channel. It's, um, it's quite active and it's quite interesting, the discussions that go on. But if you want to speak to me perfect personally, you could phone me on uh, 082-253-4001. Again, today we are honored to have Dr. Philip Stott in the studio. We thank you all for your attention, for your encouragement, support, and above all, your prayers. We cannot do this ministry without you, and we ask for your continued spiritual support. Thank you. God bless. Good night.